Warning, the following episode contains spoilers. This is Odd Forsaken. Hi everyone, I'm Rodney. And I'm Chris. Welcome to Pod Forsaken. We are discussing today Satan's Slaves from 2017. This is an Indonesian film. You can find it on Shudder. Remake of 1980, Satan's Slaves. That is correct. Or thematic prequel. Did you watch the 1980 version? No. Okay, neither did I. Because, so I didn't understand, just to jump forward, I didn't understand the girl at the end is supposed to be the antagonist from the 1980 version. Oh, shit, because I wanted to talk about the ending and how I didn't understand it. Okay. I had to go to Wikipedia. Oh, all right. That was smart. I didn't, I wish, I wish I knew there was things you can look up on Wikipedia. I didn't actually know that. (laughs) I thought it was just a place to argue. Yeah, that's all I do. I go in and just like change information. Uh, Mengele. Uh, Nazi scientist or revolutionary? <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. So I'm just going to be blunt. I, I really loved this movie. I really loved the first half of this movie, and I enjoyed the second half, but I think as, upon reflection, like the second half of the movie doesn't hold up to the first half. I realize every time we, we talk about a movie, I speak in hyperbole, and I'm always very excited, and then when you point something out, I'm like, yeah, I do agree with that. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, though. Like, literally, this movie had me on the edge of my seat, for many, many moments where I was, I was like, it, great camera work because you're like sweeping back and forth and keep expecting like great use of the empty frame mm-hmm. and sort of like a, a perspective from the camera. So like that moment where you're like peeking over the well as the yeah. main character as she's like basically doing the business of like getting water from the well. It keeps going down and up, down and up. And it's just like waiting for, a, what's his name, Sakaro? So, well, what's her name from the ring? Sadako? Sadako? Sudoku. Oh, Sudoku, yeah. She makes you do number puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the worst. I'm going to look that up because I don't want to just keep calling the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, quick recap of this movie, right? So, basically, um, some friends told me to check out this movie, Satan's Slaves. I'd never heard of it. Then I told Chris to check it out. And right from the beginning, uh, you know, you write up whenever a horror movie starts... You get you either know you're in for like kind of like a B movie or like we're trying to be serious here. And this I feel like was one of those like let's be serious. This is a a spooky call it a haunted a haunting movie in the vein of like yeah, like The Ring, a little bit of The Conjuring. It's basically mm-hmm. like a family, they live out in like the middle of nowhere on this like farm. It's not really a farm, it's just sort of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like near a graveyard unfortunately. Yeah. Um like really close to a graveyard. Uh, they have like one neighbor and um, and you learn that basically they're the mom Sadako. of the family. Is it Sadako? Sadako. Okay, Sadako. Yeah. The mom basically, she used to be like some level of a famous singer. Yeah, a famous pop star. Yeah. And now she's like been bedridden for three years and she's dying. Mm-hmm. A mysterious illness that they don't know what's happening. And, um, and you follow like, she has like four children, right? There's a, yeah. Yes. There's the, like a girl in her 20s, mm-hmm. a 16 year old. An 11 year old and a six year old. Right. And, um... Mom is dying, and very early in the film, she passes away, and then bad shit starts to happen. What did you like so much about the first half? Let's talk there. Well, I thought it was, like, a really... It was, like, the best version of Paranormal Activity. That's a really good comparison, yeah, it's, but it's not found footage. No, 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 it's not. It's But just that conceit of, you know, a family drama about, you know, there's a malevolent spirit trying to get one of the kids. Right. Yeah, you learn very quickly that basically the mom and dad were barren, or at least the mom was, and she they made a deal with... The, a satanic cult. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel it's funny, like, I've seen this kind of story a hundred times, but when it's done well, you just are like, you're in. And the deal is, when their child turns seven, 
the cult will come and take the child. When the youngest child turns seven. Right. So basically every six years, they have a new kid so that they have a new youngest child. Right. But unfortunately, obviously, mom now dies. So like their youngest child who's six, he's turning seven. This is the one that's going to be sacrificed to the cult. Yeah. And you find that like final twist out kind of like towards the climax of the movie. Yep. So it's paced really well. That's actually one of the things I loved about the first half of the movie is once there's maybe about like 10 minutes of setup. And then from there, every scene is a scare. It just goes from like vignette of like the, the second oldest child, the son, listening to the radio, and then like something creepy happens. Then it goes to the youngest sons. They're trying to sleep and they're looking out of the graveyard and they see like a zombie walking the graveyard. And as the, the, the boy calls the youngest brother over, he's like, oh, there's a zombie out in the graveyard. Then the zombie turns on a flashlight. Obviously it's not a zombie and the youngest kid who's deaf and played really well goes like, oh, smart zombie. It's like, it's a lot of fun, but it just moves along in this great clip. Yeah. And then I think it falls into that trap that a lot of horror movies do, that as soon as you name the beast, it starts to lose a lot of its Yeah, power. no, you're totally right. You're like, what's going on? There's some kind of thing. And then, like, they go, there's there's always, like, the guy with the book, right? Or the, you know, they go to the library or whatever. But in this case, they go see, like, this old long-haired dude who's like, let me tell you about my research in satanic cults and... And he explains right. everything. I have an article for you. Yeah. He like gives me the article and he's like, you should read this. And she's like, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll get Would around like to it. like subscribe? <laughs> Please subscribe. <laughs> Having a lot of trouble. <laughs> Please. No one, no one subscribe to Satanic Monster Hunting Weekly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, they're like, hey, as soon as you hear it's a Satanic cult, it does take away some of... The same thing happened with Hereditary, where it's like, as soon as you find out they're witches, right? It's, you're like, oh, it's... I was hoping for something different, I guess. But yeah. there's only so many different... I mean, the movie is called Satan's Slave, so it shouldn't have been shocking that Satan was involved. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting, like, a rom-com. <laughs> which is actually interesting. His background, his first movie, uh, Joko Anwar, the director, was a rom-com that was really big. Really? And then he went into more, like, psychological thrillers and then had wanted to remake this movie, because this is like a cult movie. Mm -hmm. The original Satan Slaves is actually a really interesting story. I'm not familiar with it, but it was sort of like underground Asian horror heads would know it, because it only existed as a Japanese unsubbed VHS copy. Oh, no way. Yeah. So it was sort of this like underground thing that you had to be in the know to see. Oh, that's awesome. And it was like very rare. And then in 2006, it finally actually got released. So you can now watch the original yes. with subtitles. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Dude, I, yeah. yeah. Now that I know that you're saying that movie takes place after yes. this one? Yeah, it's okay. a different story. The only overlap character, I think, is that woman at the end, who is actually the antagonist and sort of uh, plays like this ne'er-do-well, you know, uh, house cleaner or something mm. for this rich couple who were essentially experienced the same thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's clever. He didn't remake the same movie, I guess. But it doesn't matter because he didn't remake a movie that no one's ever seen. Right. So, Which this, his version, uh, the new Satan Slaves, highest grossing Indonesian film ever. Over, like, The Raid? Really? Th yep. This is the highest grossing Indonesian film? Ever. That's fucking amazing. Yep. Well, again, Did $17 is, million. Dollars. I believe it. It is really good. It's yep. a good movie. Yep. I'll tell you, there are some some really... Uh, things, I, things I loved. I loved the... Like, the look of the house. Like, it really felt, like, run down, and you really get the sense that, like, these people are so close to poverty. They are broke. They're broke. They can't go anywhere. They, not like they, can go to, they have one neighbor. So, like, the house has this, like, 
rotting, creepy, candlelit kind of vibe. Well, and it's period, which is really right. well done. It's, it's like, supposed to be 1981. Right. And they have this great conceit because they were rich because or well off because of the mother's right. uh, pops, you know, fame. Mm-hmm. And then that money's dried up. She's been sick. They basically sold everything they can to take care of their mother. And then there's this great conceit where they're so broke they haven't paid the phone bill. So they can't yeah. call for help. Right. Yes. And to be fair, they don't tell you it's 1985. They do. Did they? Yeah. Did they, the the, the opening, they have a they have like the opening little vignette and then it slams to it opens on the mother speaking a Jawanese like ancient prayer. Mm-hmm. And then it slams to the daughter in the royalty office asking the, the label for money. And yeah. it says in the subtitle, 1981. It's one of those things where, like, clearly my eyes saw it. But yeah. by the time the movie was running and, like, scary shit was happening, I just forgot. Well, this is a teachable film lesson moment. Never have subtitles in the first five minutes of a movie because you, your audience won't pay attention. Yeah, no, you, you should tell me what year it is at the end of the movie, right? Ideally. Like, slam yeah, and say... fade out, you go, fiend, and you go, by the way, this was 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man, that's... It's like it's like when we talk about upgrade, how like they just had like a, a computer voice tell you who in the credits. Just do that, you know? Yeah. Or maybe just have the characters more often say things like, listen, this is 1985. I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> Mom was a pop star in 1981. It's 1985 now. <laughs> There's no royalties left. <laughs> I thought there were some really, like really dope special effects. I mean, not like Infinity War style, but like that part yeah, where Thanos looks great. Yeah, I did not expect him to play Satan. That was <laughs> that was unusual. The, the, like the scene, I know what you're talking the about. Sheet. It, the sheet, the sheet was phenomenal. Yes, that is a great scare. the The two boys are they now their mother's been dead. The creepy stuff is happening, and you know they do that prototypical horror thing where it's like everyone's having their own little moment, but nobody talks about it until there's something big and explosive that happens. I think this is the moment that everything starts to come together. Right, because no one believes, you know, I get right. it. Like, like you have a six-year-old kid, and he's like, I saw a ghost. You're like, go back to sleep, kid. Right. Like, daddy's watching TV. <laughs> daddy's watching his stories. <laughs> uh, so the youngest boy shares a bed with the, uh, or shares a bedroom with the second youngest boy, Bondi, 11-year-old boy, Ian, six-year-old boy. Ian wakes up in the middle of the night. Great. Perfectly active kid who, in the end, you find out is not actually deaf, but is deaf and I guess is healed by the fact that he gets possessed or whatever happens. Wakes up his older brother and says, I need to go pee. And the older brother goes, then go pee. He goes, but I'm scared. And he goes, eh. And then the little boy goes to the well room, which I guess in Indonesia in 1981, you peed in the well room. I don't know. It's like you pee in the corner of the well room, yeah. but you get your drinking water from the well. Right. Which does seem foolish. But I don't know. Maybe it, like, flushes out and has yeah. drainage. I don't know. So then you have this great scene where it just keeps panning back and forth, and you're like, oh, is something going to be there? Is something going to be there? Nope. And then it goes to a perspective shot of something creeping up on the little boy behind him. Reveal, it's his older brother, Bumpy. And then he's like, oh, you said that you had to go pee, and you didn't wait for me. And then, obviously, he's scared. So then he's peeing with his younger brother. Younger brother leaves. Older brother goes out into the hallway, sees the younger brother standing there. And he's like, what's wrong? Why didn't you go to the bedroom? He goes, I'm scared. You go, of what? Mom. And in the hallway is a portrait of mom. It is like the world's fucking creepiest portrait of anyone's mom. You know, like, like a <laughs> yeah. like how a pop star looks. Yeah. Like, hey, I want you to I want you to paint me like one of your dead people. <laughs> So the older boy goes, okay, and he grabs a sheet with the intention of, well, we'll just put the sheet over the picture so it's less creepy. And they walk up the hallway, 
throw the sheet at the portrait, and it lands on the silhouette of a person that's yeah. standing there. <laughs> Oh god, dude, that was amazing! I like, I, I think I jumped at that point, yeah, because yeah, like it like lunges forward then too, yeah. right? Well, no, uh, there's like a long beat. Oh yeah, the older brother, where they're just like staring at it, yeah. staring at it, and he just like taps his younger brother. He's like, "We should get out of here," and then it chases them. So it really mines a lot of humor from those moments too. Yeah, it has. That's the thing. It has a really good balance of like, here's a scary scene, and then here's like a mo- like a breather, like for you to laugh and be like, okay, we're okay. But then it's right back to being scary. Right. I like the part where, like, the bell, the use of the bell. Like, mm-hmm. the mom has this, when she's alive at the beginning, she has a bell that she uses to, like, call yeah. for help. She's just completely infirm. She has this bell. To she's call basically, her like, help. in a coma, it seems yeah. like. But, and yet, from time to time, like, her bell will ring and, and, like, they'll come in and be like, oh, did you need something? But she obviously just doesn't move. But later in the film, the bell keeps happening. And, like, I think the dad walks, who walks in, someone walks in and they're like, the, the bell is just, brother. right, and the bell is just like literally floating in midair and it like drops to the floor. And I was like, oh shit. Like, here's the thing, time to leave, right? Yeah. Like time to leave, <laughs> um, which brings me to like the second half, I think, which is where my critique comes in. They, uh, unless you want to talk about anything else, you know, like, they're like, yo, turns out there's this curse on the family and like Satan's army, or I guess Satan's slaves are coming to kidnap and take away our youngest brother. And then, like, this cult shows up, and they, like, surround the house. And by this point... I love that scene. I like the scene where they're all standing outside, and they're, like, sprinkling their... It's a heavy rain night. Like, the poltergeists are, like, in full effect trying to drag the youngest son away. And the dad, who basically right after the mom dies, is like, I'm going to peace out. I got to go get cash. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'll be gone for, like, a week. Yeah. And so that's when the shit hits the fan. Dad finally comes back. I literally at that point turned to my partner and was like, I guess the dad knew that these weren't his kids and like that they're Satan's kids and just was like done. That's one of the things I didn't understand. Because yeah. like dad had to have been aware they made this deal. I guess he didn't. I, maybe he wasn't aware. Maybe he did. I don't know. But it, well, does, I mean, it seems like he specifically was like, I'm going away for a week so yeah. that all this bad shit can happen. But then it, he cho- it really felt like I'm going to go get cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and he never comes back. But then he does. Like, as things are really climaxing, Dad swoops in and saves them. Which was nice to see, because part of the conceit is that they're told, like, look, your youngest son has been promised to the devil. But here's, like, you know, the, the devil's in the details, like, gotcha lawyer thing. You have to give him up. And if you don't give him up and you stay strong as a family, they can't take him. And you're like, oh, cool, we have a goal. Like, we have a clear goal. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. But then what ends up happening is, so as the son gets dragged into the well by a poltergeist, and you know, the twist is, there's two poltergeists. You mean grandma? Yeah. Right, Because but she's like a good poltergeist. Right. Right. But she's the one in the well. She's the one trying to kill uh, Ian. Oh, yeah, because, because of what you find out at the end. Right. Essentially, you are led to believe that he's... He's going to be sacrificed. He's just like a good kid who's, you know, this is like the curse or whatever. But at the end of the movie, it's revealed that he isn't deaf as he's been deaf the whole movie. It's unclear if he just wasn't deaf the whole time. I think he was deaf and then went away. But he's actually the spawn of Satan. Uh, And so at the end, the cult does get him and he like walks off, but like smiling. He like smiles and waves at them and it's clearly he's like an evil kid. Right. But that kind of brought up a big issue for me because it was like, does each kid... Like, was, when they had their daughter, like, say they never had any more kids, was she the devil spawn? And when she turned, as soon as they had a new kid, like, it passed on? You know what I mean? Like, how how yeah. can he, like, how can it, or were they just, con- like, that is one big plot hole. 
that doesn't totally make sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give the devil, you know, his due that, like, maybe he knows how many kids they're going to have or, like... Yeah, I mean, I will completely just say, like, he he knew ahead of time. He's like, yeah, your fourth kid. Yeah. He's really going to be my kid. Yeah. So that's where the movie, like, really starts to fall apart is it's like, okay, that's a cool twist that basically you have the mom who was part of the satanic cult. <laughs> and then it, it's interesting. I've never really seen Islam in a horror movie before. Yeah, yeah. And so you have, in, in Islamic lore, I'll just go to nerd out for a minute, you sort of have, you know, there's angels and God, and then there's devils, but really the only thing that exists in Islamic lore, which I think is basically a cultural consumption from, like, old Middle Eastern culture, is jinns, which are, like, sort of like, not genies, but, like, malevolent evil. Close enough. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, there's... The first dude that's sort of the, the information dump guy, yeah. before they get to the guy who writes periodicals about Satan, he's like, why does nobody subscribe to my newsletter? Oh, right, there's two info dump guys, yeah. yeah. There's the preacher's son. Yeah. Who he's Son of like, a preacher, man. Yeah, the son of a preacher, who, who's man. Their, he's their next door neighbor. Very handsome. Yeah, he's like, you should come for a walk with me. Yeah. Let me tell you all about ghost lore and <laughs> Satan. Yeah, why can't I get a date? <laughs> he's like, do you, you literally, like, the, the daughter, she's she's pretty good looking. Yeah. And, like, he's clearly into her. And he's like, you want to, I thought maybe you'd like to go for a walk. And she's like, okay. And they're like, let's go for a walk through this graveyard while I tell you about, like, the woman I saw in your window <laughs> and how your house is full of Satan. <laughs> My killer taught me to smart. But so the, the preacher's son ends up, like, making this distinction that he's like, look, it's not as simple. There's not just angels and devils and jinn. Like, maybe there's other stuff. And you're like, you get this sense that, like, there's, like, this deeper, richer world to it. And it's interesting, but it just, I don't know if we needed a third info dump character or something. It just, it didn't, like, the, the canon of it didn't fully congeal for me. Completely agree. My biggest issue was it feels like the movie has reached its natural climax when dad comes home. There's no more time for, oh, I don't know, you're just imagining things. Like, everybody, the entire family is running around the house. Doors are slamming. There's literally, like, like 80 cult members outside. There's a ghost pulling the kid in the well. And they're like, you know, I... They basically just survive the night. They basically come together as a family and they're like, you can't have him. And then like it, the cult walks away and they survive. And now it's the next day. But the cult drops a bunch of things. That's true. You see the cult all like drop what look like little berries on the ground. Yeah, like little red like berries. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But this for me, I'm like, okay, at this point, it is now time to leave. Like, I know you're poor. Time to fucking go anywhere else. But they, much again, poltergeist, decide to spend an entire another day in the house. And so you, well, they're waiting. They have that really weird sequence where they're, like, hanging out and playing music. That's what I'm saying, yeah. While waiting for the car to come to pick them they're up. They're all just, like, chill as fuck after, like, Satan's army invaded the house and almost murdered them all, right? And so they're just like, yeah, the car is coming. Let's just sit here. How are you? Like, oh, by the way, happy birthday, son. And then dad's like, well... It's like 10 o'clock, maybe everyone should go to bed and like, just get 90 minutes of sleep, you know, and then I'll wake you up in the, when, when it's midnight and it's and our it's son's birthday. seventh birthday that's been foretold to be a horrible second coming, but it'll be great. So then you basically get a repeat of the same thing where like the ghosts invade again. It's a great scene because you have all these people who are in like black tie dress holding umbrellas in the rain, standing around the house in the woods, all lift their hands up at the same time and drop these seeds. And what you learn is that those seeds attract Satan's army, which is just zombies. Yeah, and that was a bit of a letdown for me, too. Who were Satan's slaves in this movie? Who were the slaves? Because there's, like, 
there's this cult of humans who are just like normal people who mm -hmm. are like cultists on the side, I guess. I, I mean, I think in but they're the also Canada, zombies. It's supposed to be the dead. Okay. Yeah. So Satan slaves are the zombies, but there's also ghosts, right? Right. That's there's like a lot going on. Yeah. And at a certain point, you kind of just go like, it's a scary movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do because wonder... even in the credits, there was a section for like Satan's shepherds. And then there was another section for Satan's slaves, right? And well, what we got to do is we got to cross, we got to triangulate between IMDb, go through frame by frame, and we can learn. That's true. We could figure this yeah. out if we, we really care. We could CSI this but shit. perhaps one of our six listeners, they could do a little research. We're two of our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's true. But I already watched the movie. Like, <laughs> Next time, I'm going to find out who the slaves were and who the shepherds were. All the same, I just felt like it was the same scene twice. You know, it was like, yes. uh, oh, the house is being invaded again. Like, I almost thought they would survive that night and then be like, let's just keep living here. Right. It can't happen a third time, right? right? Well, it, I see, I sort of liked elements of that. So as the zombies are invading and you see the mom zombie that's like there to claim her, her son, who's Satan's spawn, you see the grandma who I guess killed herself. She was like, I can only fight this if I'm a ghost. Like, she fell in the well. Yeah, I, I just took it that she was killed by a malevolent spirit. Right. Well, but they have that little vignette of her, like, standing up out of the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Intentionally. And then falling into the well. Yeah, I guess. I guess maybe she was just like, I'm too, I can't fight them as a frail, old, weak woman. Right. And uh, so then you have, like, grandma ghost v. zombies. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was, a, it was... It was like one more supernatural thing. There's like six different supernatural levels to this movie. There's yeah. like poltergeist, dead mom, zombies, like Satan a supernatural call. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But still, like all of it still comes together really well. Yeah. Um, well, because it's all grounded in really great performances from the kids. Yes. Really strong filmmaking. It's really well paced on a scene to scene level and intra scene level where it's legitimately, like, there's a number of really good scares early on that when the, the scene just sort of creeps and you have that really great, I mean, it, it almost seems derivative, but it's obviously an homage, that a lot of the camera work feels very 70s. A lot of dolly shots, a lot of slow zooms, mm -hmm. and it really feels deliberate and, like, lived in. Like, this is something that this guy obviously, because he had to actually, Joko, the director, had to fight to get this, because the remake was being planned and it was uh, attached to somebody else. And he went to the producers and he was like, no, I'm the guy to do this. I have an idea for it. And I think it shows. It's a really well done movie that uh, he approached with a lot of respect and a lot of tenderness. And it comes through because it's really well acted and grounded in a family story. To me, this is like the best version of Paranormal Activity that's not a found footage movie. Yeah, I think you said it very well. It, it really comes across as someone who like had a vision and actually cares about the subject matter that they're 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 making. It doesn't just feel like, yo, here's another haunted house movie. Like this dude was like, I'm gonna make a legit movie that is scary. Yeah. And as someone who watches a shit ton of horror, it's very easy to just like, I don't know, not get scared or creeped out. Like scared is hard for me nowadays, but like creeped out I can still get. When I was watching this, even though I'm like aware that there's ghosts. There were so many times when I was on edge, you're right, because of the slow creeping down hallways. I'm like, oh God, don't don't go there, don't go there, right? And then like you go around the corner and like sometimes there's nothing and sometimes there's just like a fucking grinning dead woman. It does it so well, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. What was your favorite scare in the movie? Oh, the sheet. The, the sheet, sheet? The sheet was so fucking cool. Like, yeah. I really what was yours? The sheet was probably very close number two, 
My favorite was the eldest son, because he would comb his mother's hair. He would stay up, and he, he would play guitar for her when she would sing songs. He would stay up after she died and listen to her songs on the radio. And there's that second part where he keeps turning the radio to, like, it's her song. He keeps turning it to another station, like, you know, like a soap drama or something mm -hmm. on the radio. And the radio keeps turning back. Yeah. And then it scans to, like, white noise. And you hear it say his name, Tony. <laughs> and he, like, freaks out, turns it off. And he hears Tony again, looks over, and then sees his mom standing in the corner. Yeah. And was... she stands up and goes, comb my hair. <laughs> and he falls out of the bed and looks down, and he sees the comb in his hand, turns on the light, and both things snap out in the same frame. It was very, um, what was that movie where it was, like, turn the light on, turn the light off? and shoot. Lights out? Lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the radio part was really dope. That would be in my top three. And the other one we didn't mention that it's early in the film when, like, the daughter has the dream and she gets up. She hears the bell. She hears or the hear bell. Her mother's right. bell. And Who's she dead? Goes, Who's No, no, no she's not dead. One. You're right. She's still alive. You're a good point. Good point. And so she goes upstairs, opens the door, looks in the bed, and there's, like, no one in the bed. And standing by the window, like, looking out the window is her mom. And she, like, slowly walks over to mom. Mom turns around and she's, like, got that open mouth crazy silent scream look and then like daughter wakes up in bed and you're like oh no no no, no. that's uh you're so close it's she walks into the room and she sees her mom at the window goes to her and she's like mom why are you at the window touches her she turns around got that crazy look the mom is then in bed ringing the bell furiously oh and right. she looks over and her mom's in bed looking at this demon mom yes yeah. and then she wakes up yeah. and you're like oh whew, just a dream and then she starts hearing the bell and you're like oh my god it, it felt like like when Mulholland Drive or something like the dream that she just had is now happening yeah. and then it plays out slightly differently yeah. but overall I think we both agree this was Dope movie. Yeah, really strong. I think if you like haunted house movies or movies with uh, like a really strong familial theme, this is one totally worth checking out. Yeah, Satan Slaves on Shudder. Mm -hmm. Last thing I want to talk about is the ending, which we talked about briefly. Yes. So it jumped, basically the family moves away. Yeah, traditional. Leave, they leave the youngest brother to be taken by the demon They're just army. like, he's he's the devil's son. Yeah. Goodbye, well, goodbye, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one fewer mouth to feed. <laughs> Uh, so they, they end up moving to the city where nothing bad ever happens. And <laughs> they are, like, I guess poor and don't really have much to eat. So this woman stops by and goes, like, hey, here's some food. Like, I wanted to make sure that you're, you know, like your family's eating enough. Like, they're their apartment neighbor. And then it cuts to that woman's apartment. And it turns out that she is in the cult. Yeah, this is a woman and her, like, boyfriend or husband who we've never seen before, yeah. right? Like, it's just, like, a brand-new character introduced in the last two minutes of the movie, and she has, like, a jar of those red seeds or whatever, and you're like, oh, she's clearly in the cult, and she starts, like, dancing with her boyfriend, and then the credits roll, yeah. and I was like, I mean, I guess the I got that the idea is, like, this family will the cult is still after them, but I don't get why. Right. Well, because um, it sort of defies the rules because it's not like there's like a three-year-old son who will be seven again. Yeah. But then as you explained, it's actually like a setup for... It's yes. Like, so she's supposed to be a character that's in the original 1980 version. Right. It's she's, like the equivalent if you knew nothing about Star Wars and you watched episodes one through three and at the very end of the movie, like Anakin Skywalker like sits up in this big yeah. black suit and he's like... And you, the movie like, ends. Who's that? Why is he in a black suit? That's a weird way to end the movie. <laughs>
Uh, apparently, they're also working. So this is supposed to be a prequel. This mm-hmm. is Resident Evil Zero. Okay. The original movie from 1980 is one, and then there's going to be a new one that he's been kicking around trying to find. It was supposed to be released last year, going to production last year. Now it's been pushed. Apparently, it's going to be part of a trilogy. Okay. So I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm there. I'll be there when I, I would like to see more by this guy. I'm, probably, yeah. I'm not going to watch his romantic comedy, but I'd like to watch some of his back catalog. Yeah, I, his thrillers are supposed to be really good. Moving on? You want to talk about anything Yeah, else? moving on. Let's, uh... Oh, my God. You can take, take a break? Oh, I'm just so tired. I was watching Kingdom. All right, I just picture our editor sitting there with his, like, head in his lap being like, Oh, God, guys, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> I edited it. It's yeah. one minute. Yeah. This is Godforsaken. Thanks for listening. Zane <laughs> Slaves is good. Check it out. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Like the world's yeah. shortest podcast, yeah. just like, like one minute reviews for those who have like who work like either home office or yeah. like next door to their office. Just like on your way to your work, one minute reviews. It's good. Yeah, it's like when you're taking the elevator ride up. Yeah, elevator reviews. Yeah, um, uh, Satan's Life is pretty good. Yeah, I think we should find something we don't agree on because if we're just like yeah, yeah, well, I did, I we're did, just like yeah. backslapping and patting and. Let's, uh, I don't, but how do I, how do we do that? Like, oh, uh, we, well, I don't know. Like, uh, you want me to pick some trash? I'll pick no, some trash. I don't want trash. Because <laughs> I, I got a pile of the trash that we can talk about. Oh my God. I don't want to watch trash. <laughs> All right. I'm what gonna... about, uh, uh, Cold Skin? I keep seeing that poster. Okay. Let's do Cold Skin. Okay. I'm, I'm down. That looks like a divisive movie. Yeah. That looks like who is someone we're going to have a lot of time about. Okay. All right. Next week, Cold Skin. I believe that's also on Shutter. Yes. <laughs> podcast yeah they just don't know it yet. yeah you are gonna sponsor us shutter it's coming anyway thanks for listening to pod forsaken next week we're gonna be talking about cold skin and a undisclosed trailer hey thanks for listening to the episode if you could uh, like subscribe and share this episode that'd be great and also if you can leave a review on itunes it really helps us out helps us get discovered by other people if you want to share your feedback with us we can be reached at pod at gmail.com yeah